You are listening to a sermon preached at Still Bay Baptist Church in Still Bay, South Africa. For more information, please visit our website stillbaybaptist.co.za. May you be blessed in listening to God's Word today. Good morning from my side as well. You'll hear me nice and clear on our new microphone, so thank you for everyone who helped or agreed that we do this. It's nice not having to hold something in my hand again. Um, Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are here for you and we pray that you will guide us in the steps we need to take. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Last week we had a a look out of Colossians for a bit to to look at um, John 15 and we looked at the glorious vine dresser. And the, the one thing that I think a lot of people said they got from that was the good news is that I'm struggling. God doesn't kick me when I'm down. God doesn't throw me out when I'm struggling. God comes and helps. Now, helping is sometimes painful because it's pruning. But he says, you are helped by abiding in me, by coming and being part of Jesus. Now, the, um, today's sermon is not for everyone. I wonder if I'm too close to the microphones, maybe. I'll stand a bit backwards. Um, today's sermon is not for everyone. So if, if your fruit are perfect, you're allowed to go home now. Because I don't have much to add to you. If you sit here and you have no bitterness, you have no anger towards people, um, you are full of joy and peace, self-control over your whole life, then this is not for you. Um, but for the rest of us, this is, this is a call... To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. We've been saved by His grace. We've been infilled by His Spirit. How dare we keep on living like the world? How dare we stay there? Um, Another way to look at this is like Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 1 where he says, To live a life that pleases God. Not all Christians please God. That's something to take in consideration. But to get there where your life really pleases God. Because you're walking in His footsteps. So we're getting into chapter 3 now. And it's one of my favorite passages. I have many favorite passages. But this is really one of my favorites. Um, And this is a practical chapter about how do I get out of the mud that clings to me. And live a life where I grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Where I, where I get freed from all this nonsense that's been holding on to me. And just be able to live a life that um, pleases God. And so today's topic is seek the things above. If you have your Bible here, you can open up to Colossians 3. We are going to read from verse 1 to verse 4. And so, Jill, you can come up and read for us. Thank you very much. Colossians 3 from verse 1 to verse 4. Colossians 3 from verse 1 to 4 If then you have been raised with Christ seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God 
When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The, the first thing to understand there is from verse 1 that he said, um, if you've been raised with Christ. Now those who've walked the journey with us would remember that chapter 2 ended where he said you died with him. So you died with Christ to the old way of life, the, the things that had mastery over you, the things that you just had no power to get rid out of your life. He said you died with Christ to that, and now he says you have been raised with Christ, you are born again. Um, and the implication is, and this, this is getting your head ready for this life of fruit bearing, that I am not who I used to be. The moment I am born again, I am not who I used to be. And Satan will often come and, and, and lie about this and get you and to say, but you know you. You always struggle with this. You're never going to get out of it. This is just going to be your life. You know people like you are just angry. You know the things that were done to you, so therefore you can be like you are. It's to look Satan in the face and say, no. That one, that person's dead. It's dead. There's someone new standing here, someone born again, alive in Christ. And so you're never going to change unless you believe that change is possible. You're never going to attempt to start bearing fruit if you believe it's impossible to do. If you just fall back to who you used to be. And so again, being born again doesn't mean you're perfect. We must just always put these balances in place. You don't have a newborn baby that's born and then you look at him and says, Right, put on your tackies, 21 kilometers, here we go. So you are new, you are different, you are changed. But that's the start of the change. That's the start of growing and being different. Um, but you are here, you're new. And so please, if you're a child of God, if you're born again, never again use this excuse, I'm only human. Because you are not only human. You are born again, spirit-filled child of God. Don't use that as an excuse. And so the first thing he, he tells us to do is to seek the things above. To get this new life going, I need to seek the things above. Okay, so what does it mean? What are the things above? Um, firstly, Christ. Christ Jesus sitting on the throne. But he's not just saying Christ above. He's saying the things. So what, what is above? And we're not talking location above the clouds. What are above the clouds? He's talking about the same things that John saw in Revelation when he was invited in to see what's going on. So it's to seek Jesus on the throne in his kingdom. His kingdom is not here yet. Um, when he walked around, he said, the kingdom is in your midst. But the fullness of His kingdom is not here. And so we must be careful when we pray that prayer where we say, um, let your kingdom come. You know that in the Lord's Prayer? A lot of people say that means we must make this world to be as good as the kingdom. It doesn't mean that. When you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, we are say, please return Jesus. That's what we say. Let what's there Come here and change what is here. So to, to seek the things above is to realize life is more than what I just see here. 
There's a kingdom where God is sitting on the throne and go read Revelation with all the beings and the angels and everything going on there. And, and so what does seek mean? Seek is a, is a Greek word that says you desire it in such a way that you do things to pursue it. I can desire something and never do anything about it and nothing is going to change. I can desire to become a Springbok rugby player but sitting on a couch screaming at the ref is never going to get me there. In the same way, I can't say, Oh God, your kingdom is so lovely. Oh, And then I carry on living my worldly life as if there's no goal in sight. It's to say, God, that's what I want for my life. I want that. Where you are at the center and everything is just point. I want to be one of those angels. I want to be one of those elders. I want to be one of those beings who just day and night cry out to you. That's the life I want. So that is what he says when he says, seek the things that are above. Um, And again, it is seeking for what will one day be. It's not getting what one day will be. That's not this life. It will come one day. But it's to say, Lord, that's my desire. And then the next thing he says is, he says, um... Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. So the first one is to set your heart. That's, I like, actually like the NIV's um, translation well. Here, where it says, set your heart on the things above, so your desire. And now the next step is to set your mind on the things above. So it's, it's not just enough to want it and, and have this desire for it. I need to go further. I need to do more. And so I need to change the way I think about it. So it means two things. It firstly means I fill my mind with godly things. I spend time to make sure I choose what I allow into my brain. Can you do that? Yes, no, maybe. Can you? Does it hack? You can, but I love it. You choose what you accept in. It's that verse that says, I take every thought captive. I can't choose the thoughts that come into my mind, but I can choose if that thought is allowed to stay. And so to set my mind on things of God, then Satan and the world and my selfishness come and they put thoughts in my mind. And I go, whoa, no, 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 no. These thoughts does not fit with someone who desires the things above. I don't allow you to live here. Get out of my mind. My mind must be set on things above. But there's a second thing involved in it. It's to say, to start using my mind to figure out how do I become more like someone who sets their heart on the things above. To use the brain God gave you to start thinking, how do I need to change my life? What do I need to start thinking about and not thinking about? Where do I have to spend my time and not spend my time? Use your mind on what are the things that are above not the things of the earth. Um, what are the things of the earth? The worldly systems. So to be so overcome or enamored by what is going on in the world that I start desiring this. Um, start desiring what, what social media tells you is possible. And you go, no, no, that's, that's the earthly things. And so this mind thing is so important. It's reiterated all throughout the Bible. Romans 12 verse 2 says, we are changed by the renewing of our mind. Philippians 4 verse 8, think on things that are pure and noble and right and true. 
Proverbs 4.23 Guard your heart above all things, for from it flows the spring of life. He's saying, the thoughts I allow into my heart, which is the center of your being, includes your mind. That defines my life. In other words, if there is hatred towards someone, and I allow that hatred to settle in my life without dealing with it, it affects everything about me. If there is a sin that I allow in and I say, um, I'm going to be 95% Christian, but this 5% we'll just have to live with, that will define everything about you. So, how do I get my mind on the things? Practically, um, if I read more news than the Bible, I will become earthly focused. You see it in, in this whole discussion about Israel. If you listen to the world only about this, you will have a completely different view about what's going on. You will judge things in terms of politically, um, what's more scoplic in English, um, socially, and you will not look spiritually. And you will go, well, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. The goal, like Brian says, the goal is just for people to stop fighting. Because the worldly goal is for everyone to stop fighting. And God says, if one heathen stays over there, and another heathen stays over there, and they are not fighting, they're going to hell. It doesn't matter that they're not fighting. That's not the primary thing. The primary thing is that they must be saved. There is heaven coming one day. God is returning. Get your thoughts on these things. So, um, if you watch and read more fiction than truth, your mind gets dulled to heavenly things. Especially fiction. I'm, I'm not against fiction. Let me, let me just say that. Go read Lord of the Rings if you're brave. It's a good book. But, if I start living in these fiction worlds, I lose the world that God has made for me. And the goal that he has created for me. Um, another practical example, what a lot of people found is that if they stop social media or their magazine reading or TV watching, they find it much easier to do kingdom living. Much easier. Some of the things that they struggled with just falls away. It's not even a temptation anymore. And so that is true for many sins people struggle with. If you struggle with lust and you are continually on media, you will still struggle with lust. If you struggle with greed and discontentment, and the TV programs you watch is top billing, I don't even know if top billing is still on. Might have been off the TV for 50 years, all I know. Is top billing still on the TV? No, okay. It's been replaced by 50 other worse shows than that. What's the goal with top billing? Look at that nice house you don't have. That's it. Look at this nice garden you don't have. What is the goal with all these glamour magazines? Look at all the nice stuff inside this house you don't have. And you're going, but why don't I have it? My life will be so fantastic when I have it. Do you understand how worldly things influence you to forget that it's actually about Jesus? It's about these things. And there's actually a, a, a term, I don't know if it's an official psychological term, but they use it. They call it Instagram envy. And so for that, many governments like Australia, I know it's quite at the forefront, 
are trying to ban it in certain ways. Because people go on Instagram and they look at everyone else's wonderful lives. And all I'm doing is sitting at home scrolling a screen. What's going on? And never mind that that is a very curated life. That you don't see behind the pictures they choose to show you. But it's an envy. Like why can't I go to Bali? Why do all my other friends go to Europe but my husband never takes me to Europe? Envy. Discontentment. um, And worldliness. You follow all these celebrities and... Um, or even anti-celebrities. That's a, that's a strange thing. You follow someone because they are not like the celebrities. And actually then they just become your celebrity. But if you follow him, you start thinking like they think. And, and desiring what they desire. And living like they live. So don't fill your mind with these things. But now you might say, hang on Carl J. A couple of weeks ago you told us that these rules of do not touch, do not handle doesn't work. You said not touching things. And yes, I I agree. Absolutely. To just switch off your phone to not have social media will not solve the problem. You have to fill your mind with different things. So just not doing bad things has never solved any problems. You need to stop doing the bad things, but start doing good things. Because the one thing our mind does, it refuses to be empty. Our minds refuse to be empty. And so if you just take away and you put nothing in, it will have this intense desire to run back to the things you ran away from. And so you have to set your mind on the things above. Start reading and watching and talking and thinking about other things. There was one famous um, uh, missionary. I can't remember his name now. He had terrible health problems for his whole life, struggling with pains and stuff. And so he set time aside, I think an hour a day, just to think about heaven. That's what he did. This hour, I'm just going to sit and think about how wonderful heaven is and what God is doing and reading the passages in Revelation and just think on how amazing it is and how it changed his life by by being able to cope with what's going on here because this was no longer his goal. This was no longer his desire. He was setting his desire on higher things. So yeah, take out rubbish, but put good things in. Read your Bible, read prayer blogs, read biographies and autobiographies of Christians. Some of the the biggest spiritual deepening I've had was from reading biographies of Christians. Now it's like, oh, Coral J, it's supposed to be the Bible that gets you there. But it's because I looked at how people got into the Bible. That was a guide to see how do I live the biblical life. Um, when I was a bit younger, Steve, not Keith Green. If you've never read Keith Green's book, No Compromise, go read it. I was so angry through half of that book. Because it speaks to your soul. And it challenges you about who you are. What are you spending your time on? What is the purpose of your life? Recently, one that really helped me was the biography of Andrew Murray in South Africa. Just how someone made it their life goal to get people to be saved and spiritful. So, use your time better. Now again, please don't come back later and say, Coral J said we're not allowed to be on social media, we're not allowed to be on TV, I'm not allowed to go to Europe. Husbands are going to tell their wives, Coral J said you're not allowed to go. Stop talking about it.
What I'm saying is, get to know yourself. Know which things pull you away from heavenly views to earthly discontentment, anger, hatred, grumpiness. Get to know yourself. And to say, whoa, you know, whenever I spend time on this, this above fades and I just become so discontent. Then let it go. You can live without most of the things you spend your time on. Fill it with better things. Now another thing people might say is, okay, so Coral J, you focus on earthly things. Never have to mow my garden again, paint my house, feed the cat. None of these things. No, I'm not saying that. The passage doesn't say it. But what the passage is saying is see everything on the earth through heavenly eyes. So why do I mow my garden? What do I do? What do I think about while I mow my garden? Why do I do the things that I do? Do I do it for my pleasures? Or is there a way that I'm glorifying God through it? Now I remember people that... I would walk in nature and it would just like, hey, nature is fun. And then someone else would remind me, isn't it amazing that God designed this flower? And they were able to pull this, just this nature walk into thoughts on who God is. So, don't neglect worldly things, but do everything in the light of eternity. Everything in the light of eternity. Okay, then we get to verse 3 and he says, For you have died, a reminder, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Why do we not set our minds and our hearts on the earth anymore? Because we're dead to it. Um, and you might have found this for yourself. Before you were saved, you spent your time on things that really gave you pleasure most of the time. Inasmuch that you would go back to it. This could be anything. Like I said, your TV watching, your hanging out with your friends over a bra and a couple of beers, and a couple more beers, and a couple more beers. All these type of things. And the moment you save, it just loses all its substance for you. But the frustration is, it's often still your temptation. You know it's so empty. But you get drawn to it when you don't focus on God. And you go there and you do it and you go, why am I doing this? I know how empty this is. And, and that's the struggle here. He says, you have died to this, but we are still drawn to it. And then he says this beautiful thing. He says, your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is no longer your life. Um, returning to this is like the Bible said, a dog returning to vomit. He says, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now you go, hidden? Why? I want to see it. The idea of hidden is the idea of a treasure. It's a treasure that is going to take an effort to be able to find this new life. That's in Christ, in God. It's there. I need to pursue it. I need to find it. Um, so you find this new life that satisfies and gives joy by setting your heart and mind on the things above, but ultimately by pursuing Jesus in relationship. That's it. Everything else we do as Christians is to help us with our relationship with Jesus. If you read your Bible for reading your Bible, it's not going to have any value. If you read your Bible to help you know Jesus more, it will have sense. Every prayer you say and just go down the list, 
is going to have very little value unless it is to connect to my friend, my God, my Jesus, through my prayer, building on this relationship. So everything is, because my life is there. It's hidden with Christ in God. Um, now, hidden also gives us an, another clarification. Why is it not easy? I'm going to ask you to put your hand. But if anyone here finds the Christian walk so easy, just easy every day, just grow, fantastic, no problems, no desires, no temptations. It's just so fun because I realized it's about Jesus and so I spoke to Jesus and now everything is perfect. Why is it so difficult? Well, the next verse helps us. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Christ is my life. My life is hidden with Him. And it's not here yet. Only when He appears will we appear in glory, in perfection with Him. So now, now this is the difficulty thing. So, so you're telling me that in this world I'll never reach it. It's, it's only then. And yes, you will never reach fulfillment in this world. But what you will reach is enough. And more than enough. But always in a way that you know there's more. Isn't that beautiful? That you can be so fantastically close to God. And imagine that was it. On this earth in its brokenness. No, no, no. One day it will be perfect, perfect without brokenness. But in this world there's always more to seek. Always more to pursue. Always getting closer. Um, the one thing that you must miss here, that you mustn't miss here, is this line. When Christ, who is your life? And I love that it's been said more than once today. It's actually all about Jesus. There's no life without Christ. Christ is not someone who helps me live my life. Christ is not someone who I go to because He has many resources to help me live my life. Christ is not someone that I go to and say, please teach me the rules on how to live my life. Christ is my life. It's in Him. And as we pursue Him more and more, we experience more of life, more of the Spirit, more of the gr growth in the fruits of the Spirit, more and more as we pursue Him. In this life, we'll never reach it completely. But even the journey is a joy. I love this. This is one of my favorite quotes by Tozer. It's in his book on the pursuit of God. He says, To have found God and still to pursue Him is the soul's paradox of love. Because as a child of God, we found God. We have been saved, but we still pursue Him. We're still seeking. And that's a bit of a paradox. And listen to this. Scorned indeed by the too easily satisfied religionists. He says, there are certain people who are going, oh, man, I, have, I have enough. I go to church on a Sunday, pray when I have a need, I don't need any more. Because it's just about the religion. They don't understand that there's a pursuit for more. And he says, but justified in happy experience by the children of the burning heart. Don't you love it? That's what we're called to be. The children of the burning heart. You're never satisfied with the things of this world. It's so empty. It's so useless. It's so fleeting. 
The box won. Yay. Are you going to remember it in a month's time? No. It's fleeting. But in Christ, every day can be a joyous pursuit of more and deeper and closer. Um, so in conclusion, this is one of those sermons that if none of you were here, I still needed to preach it. Because I'm preaching it to myself. So I'm glad you're here. But you didn't need to be here. Um, this is my battle too. My wife will tell you a lot about this. The desire to make it about Jesus. And then when you find yourself, you've just become worldly in certain places again. You're pursuing worldly things. Or the world, things of the world upset you so much. Or you get so grumpy about the world. Or the desire to pursue God, but when you're tired, you just flip through your phone. Instead of sitting at Jesus' feet. This is a call to say, you're never going to change until you change that. We're going to go into a list now of things to put off. And things to put on. It's never going to work. Unless you reach that place where you say, Jesus, only Jesus. Only Jesus. Nothing more. That should be our heart cry. So let's encourage ourselves um, to live differently. The reason why we struggle in this world is because we fill ourselves with the things of the world and we keep Jesus at a distance. The reason why we struggle in this world, now I'm talking about physical struggles. I'm not saying you won't have pain, obviously. Relationship struggles. Um, emotional struggles. All these are because we fill ourselves with the world and we keep Jesus at a distance. That's not what we are made for. Christ is our life. He should be. Let's pursue Him. Let's pray together. Lord, so often we are those dogs who return to the vomit or the pig that goes and rolls in the mud again that the Bible speaks about. It's not who we want to be. And so, Father, we come to You today to ask for Your Spirit to set aflame our hearts for You and You alone. Lord, let the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of Your glory and Your grace. Lord, help us to be wise, as this passage has called us, to use our minds to think that what are the things that are holding us back? What are the things we're spending our time on and our energy on? What are the things we're feeding our minds with that is not from You and is not about You and is not in line with You? And that we come and make it about you to set our hearts on the things above, to set our minds on the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Lord, please do that empowering so that we can live this way. This is our prayer in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I hope you were blessed in hearing God's word today. For more information or prayer, please visit our website stillbaybaptist.co.za. May you find your life in Jesus Christ and Him alone.